to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Morning, guys. Morning. And uh, morning to everybody uh, online and in our locations as well. Great to uh, have you uh, watching and uh, part of everything that's going on across um, ICON today. Uh, You guys can take your seats uh, wherever you're at. And uh, if it's your first time at uh, a location or watching online, I just want to say you've made a great choice this morning. And um, I just want to welcome you uh, with us this time. So let's give them a round of applause if it's the first time with us today. Great. Uh, well, for those who uh, don't know who I am, my name's uh, Mark. I lead our Sheffield uh, location together with my wife, uh, Nicola, and little girl, Naomi. Uh, they were going to come along and uh, follow me around this morning, but um, unfortunately, they've got the flu, uh, so they're not very well. Uh, so your prayers and for those guys would be appreciated. Um, I'm obviously not quite as ill, but I do have a little bit of a snuffy nose. So... Um, Bear with me if I sound a little uh, deeper than usual or if I have to blow my nose at some point in the message today. A big thank you to Rosie, by the way, who uh, has looked after me by bringing me some tea. So if I get a little bit uh, with a loose lid, though, so that could have gone badly wrong, but I'll I'll put it back down carefully. (laughs) The guys on camera, you missed all of that up and down bit, by the way, I'm guessing, but... Uh, I have the uh, privilege today of closing out our Wired series that's covered generosity, worship, and serving to date. Um, And today I'm going to talk about a message on that we're wired to lead. And leading is part of the fire in our original design. I'm just going to pray to uh, start. So Father God, I thank you for an incredible morning. I thank you that your spirit is alive and moving with us. And I pray, Father God, that as I speak, that you can be um, connecting people's hearts and um, lives to the message that you want to bring today and causing them to step into everything that you've got um, for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Wired, part four, the final original design is that we are designed to lead, to shape our world. I know this to be true for two reasons. The first is I hear the lament of the wannabe leader all the time. You hear it too, I'm sure. You possibly even say these words all the time. Why isn't it just a bit better? Or why couldn't that just be quicker? Or why couldn't that be easier? Or even if I was in charge, it wouldn't be like this. That's the lament of the wannabe leader. It's in all of us. We look at stuff and think that all the time because leadership is actually in our DNA. The second reason I know that is the Bible tells me to as well. It's in Genesis 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 27 to 28 says this. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and every living creature that moves on the ground. We were created in God's image. 
to be icons. In fact, it's where the name of the church comes from, to rule over the earth, to shape it and to continue God's creative work. God put deep into the human soul a desire to forge new things and to have new ideas to create and make the earth a better place to live, to actually partner with him in that restoration of original creation. And if we're to step up into the prophetic word that Steve Mawson put a couple of weeks ago about us being a flagship church or an iconic church, then we need to be people who rule, reign and influence way beyond the doors of the church into every corner of life. So today I want to take a moment to look at the Apostle Paul's life to understand this calling on our lives further. See, he lived at same time as Jesus, around 2,000 years ago, and after his incredible encounter with Jesus on his way to Syria to persecute the church there that completely transformed his life forever, teaching and preaching to pretty much anyone who'd listen to him all about Jesus. And I want to have a look at this brief glimpse into Paul's life that's from Acts 17 and look at the three different spaces that Paul led in and so to encourage us to step into those today. See, he was a leader in these three spaces and therefore my unofficial title uh, and a bit of a homage to uh, Jamiroquai is a space cowboy. Um, So my unofficial question uh, is, can you become a space cowboy today and transition between these spaces in life? So let's have a look at uh, what I'm talking about. Acts 17, uh, verse 16 to 23, starters. It says this. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him to the meeting of the Areopagus, where they said to him, may we know what this new teaching is that you're presenting. You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears and we would like to know what they mean. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. Bit of cup of my tea, but can you see the three spaces? Can you see what they are? The first space is the home space, I'm going to call it. Synagogue is Paul's home space. You see, Paul is in a place where he hadn't planned to be. He didn't actually intend to be in Athens. He was there because he'd been chucked out of lots of other cities. And so he was in Athens waiting for the other um, workers, his fellow workers, to join with him. Um, But he's distressed by all the idols that he sees in this foreign city. And so he goes to his home space. He goes to the synagogue where he can feel comfortable, where he feels at home. He's been going there his whole life. And we want Icon Church to feel like the home space for everyone. For Paul, this is a place where he can lead. He understands how the synagogue works. He can communicate in the right way. He can connect with people in that space. He knew the culture in the synagogue. He knew how it all worked. For him, it was a home space. 
And I believe we are called to be leaders in our home space. This is both homes where we live, but also church. This is our home space. You can influence and lead in this space by being examples of our culture to other people and helping encourage and communicate Jesus to everyone present. We want church to feel like everyone's home space. That's why we work super hard to lower the cultural boundaries for everybody who comes in. Because for some people, this, their idea of church and home might be two separate things. We want to bring those together so they know that church can be home for them. You know, we have signs in all of our locations that say, welcome home. That's genuine and it's a real welcome. This matters because for some people, home is a difficult place, but we want to make it a warm place, a place where they're loved, they're protected, they can lead, they can confidently step into everything that God's got for them in this space. So deliberately we want to communicate that and welcome everyone into this home. And it's super important. So have you ever felt the opposite? Have you ever been somewhere where you've felt not at home? You've just not understood what's going on. You've felt exposed. You've felt confused about what's going on. Well, it happens to me fairly regularly. Um, this week, because Nicola's been not been well, I had to pick Naomi up from school and I got no idea what was going on there. There's like rules about like what time you pick them up and she's waving at the window, I'm waving back and another mom says, don't do that, that distracts us. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so, so that was a different space for me that I didn't get to do very often. But um, a couple of weeks ago also, when uh, Siobhan speaking did an incredible job, she spoke about how much she loves Aldi. Well, I hate Aldi. And I'll tell you why I hate Aldi. See, I had no idea what goes on in Aldi when I went there. And so I was doing a bit of shopping for uh, Nicola. I don't often do the shopping. Nicola says I just buy odd things, so then she has to try and make something out of them, but not... But anyway, so I'm banned normally from doing the food shopping. But this time I was doing the food shopping in Aldi, chucked everything in, you know, all the important stuff, cereal, bread, wine, beer, the, uh, the usual key things. And Aldi, so some ski goals, even though I don't ski. Uh, but I get to the, uh, I'm putting all my stuff on the uh, conveyor belt and you know, just waiting to find my wallet out to pay. And I have this realisation that all my stuff's falling on the floor. I'm like, what's going on? Whoa, whoa, And I didn't realise in Aldi, you're supposed to move the trolley round to the back of the aisle you know, the back of the, the conveyor belt thing to catch all your stuff. So I'd not done that and it was all falling off. And everyone's looking at me in the aisle like I'm an idiot. And like, oh, what are you doing? You're holding us all up. And then the, uh, I was like, what's going on? And they said, oh, you've got so bags to put it in. I was like, I've got no bags. I thought, you gave me the bags. And so then I have to go back into the shop to get some bags, everybody, push past everybody in the queue who's staring at me. It was like, who is this guy? Then I fill the stuff, with the, put the food in the bags and the lady then starts telling me, what you're supposed to do is put it in your trolley and then move your trolley to the back and there's a shelf at the back and no one told me that until it was way, way too late. So I felt in an alien space. It wasn't at home because I didn't know how it worked. I didn't know the rules. I didn't know the culture. I didn't know what was going on and rather than being warm and welcoming, everybody's giving me those eyes of like, you're just holding us up and we're in a rush so get on with it. But that is not how we want church to feel. That is not the feeling that we want the church to feel. And by the way, I've, I've hardly ever gone back to Aldi ever since. We want church to be a place where it's comfortable, it's home. You can feel relaxed, you can be yourself. Someone helps you if you look like you're confused and don't know what's going on. And you go back time and time again because it's where your people are, the people who are on your side and doing life with you. 
See, we can all lead in this space, this church space, no matter what our location is, to make it feel home for everyone. And once it feels like home, it's then that we can teach people and point them towards Jesus. See, Paul was in this foreign city to him, somewhere he hadn't planned to be, but the synagogue was his home space. He felt accepted and welcome and able to share his work and how his encounter with Jesus had changed his life and is able to encourage other people to do the same. I hope for most people that home here becomes that comfortable space to share your faith and to lead. It's the most natural environment for doing that. And I pray that Icon is a place where you can start to step out and to lead into those things that God has got for you. Model the culture, join a team, volunteer to host a connect group, invite people over for dinner, choose to be generous, encourage someone. All of these things are ways to lead here in Icon Church. Step into those things, step into those things that God's calling you to lead. The second space that if you notice in that passage that Paul leads, I'm going to call the market space. Paul doesn't stay in that home space. He steps out into that market space, the Monday to Friday space, the work space, the trading space, that commercial space. For most of us, that's our, our jobs, maybe, our workplace, our university or our school. It's not a private space. It's a shared space. It's a contested space full of competing ideas and cultures. And Paul steps into that and believes we should, and he leads in that space as well. You know, I'd love to get into uh, what I think Paul talked about with the Epicureans and the Stoics, two dominant rivals of thought and philosophy in the ancient world, but maybe that's a message for another day. Other than to say this, that he understood both positions well enough and could articulate the gospel competently enough to cause both sides to be intrigued and interested to know more about what he got to say. He understood the world enough to engage with it and present an alternative to it. I believe that's why we're called to lead and influence in the marketplace as well. And to know it well enough to understand what's going on, but equally be able to offer a competing worldview, a better worldview to it. You see, it's in our daily work as well that we partner most, I think, with God in that restoration of the world as well. No matter how mundane your job may be, you may have an awesome job or you may have a super mundane job. It doesn't matter. If you view it as worship, then it can all bring glory to God. Your view of your days can be completely transformed if you view it all as worship. See, we get to invest our lives, our strength, our minds and our time to create something that increases value, that helps others to flourish. I don't know about you, but I can look at the beauty of creation, the majesty and power of the world in which we live, a sunrise, a planet Earth episode, and just thank God for all of that creation. But I also see art and buildings and music, and I hear stories like this week on the radio of some people who did incredible care for, for a sick baby, or um, that you know, it almost reduced me to tears in the car on the way to work, how incredible that love was, or the incredible meal I had out this week, or um, I heard a story about a barista in Starbucks who had got this idea that everything was worship, that everything was honouring to God, because he just to himself that every time he handed that, that coffee over to somebody, in his heart he just said, for the glory of God. 
for the glory of God. He's making coffee, but he's worshipping for the glory of God. It's the best coffee because it's for the glory of God. What do you do on your day-to-day basis? Is it for the glory of God? Do you have that heart attitude that everything you do is for the glory of God? Now, I see people in my office and trying to disrupt financial industries, trying to help people better, and encourages me to say, you know, that is my job, is to try and do that for the glory of God as well. What is your job? How do you do that for the glory of God? You can change how you see your job if you take a minute to consider how it might be an extension of the creative work of God in our world. What this means is you see God's creation, his realness, his glory, his generosity around us all the time. And there's a word for this, uh, kavod. We translate it as glory, but we could say his significance, his presence, his beauty. That's what we can work towards in our day-to-day jobs, this revealing to the world of God's beauty. You know, I think we can see all those beautiful things, the sunrise, the food, the music, the stories, and we're glimpsing God's glory working through them. When we lift and look around, lift our heads and look around us, I think we see it everywhere, all the time. The remnant of Eden all around us. It's part when we come together on Sundays and connects, but actually it's all around us in our daily work as well. So what does this mean for us? Remember Jesus' parable about the talents? He gave three people some different amounts of money. Two invested it, one hid it in the ground. The, one who, the ones who invested were commended by Jesus and the one who didn't was punished. I think it means that we're called to be leaders in the marketplace, to take what we've been given, whatever our skills, talents and abilities are, and to create something with them that gives glory to God in our daily work. That's what leaders do. They take what's been given to them and translate it into something for the glory of God. See, we can play it safe and not give ourselves fully. We can hold back from stepping into the life that God's calling us to. But the Apostle Paul wrote, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I believe that when we give ourselves fully to our calling, we honour God and his glory can inhabit what we're creating. You do that by being what God called you to be. You know, a tree demonstrates God's glory by being a tree, a star by being a star. They have beauty beyond their beauty. There's, there's glory that shouts out from them because God is in the midst of it. We're made in the image of God. We're icons. We carry his image. We can reshape the raw materials of our world in such a way that people see the beauty beyond what we do. They see God shining through it. You can't make a sunrise, but you can Take a great photo or write a song or love somebody or cook a meal for somebody or go beyond in the workplace for somebody. You can design an app or a service or teach a lesson or inspire someone with a kind word. We can take our day-to-day lives, our jobs, our studies, our parenting, whatever else, and we can choose to allow God's glory to be revealed and shine through all of that. That's what leading in the market space looks like. Now, we have a saying, Icon Church, that we preach to you on Monday as well as to your Sunday. Well, this is a Monday morning message, this part. Your work is an opportunity to allow God's glory to be revealed in everything that you do and the way you do it. So work hard, be full of thanks. Take joy in your workplace. Love your colleagues. Be someone of integrity, honesty, and self-sacrifice. Work to make better products. Take good care of people. 
because you're made in the image of God. It's here to make the invisible God visible. You're not perfect, but you can provide a glimpse of who God is and his glory. And look what happens if we do that. Proverbs 2 verse 29 says this. Do you see any truly competent workers? They will serve kings rather than working for ordinary people. And that leads me to that final space. A second. Not the runny nose space. The invited space. You see, if you look at that 22 verse 23, it says this, that they took Paul to a meeting of the Areopagus, where they said to him, may we know what this new teaching is that you're presenting, that you're bringing strange ideas to our ears and we'd like to know what they mean. Now, if we skip down a little bit to look at the results in 32 to 34, He says this, when they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. At that, Paul left the council. Some of the people became followers of Paul and believed. Among them was Dionysus, a member of the Areopagus, and a woman named Damaris and a number of others. This is the invited space because Paul couldn't just turn up and speak at the Areopagus. Areopagus. It was a little like a House of Commons Select Committee where you get invited to speak there, usually to defend or to be held account for something. Paul is invited into this forum to the rulers of the city and gives an incredible talk revealing who Jesus is and referencing uh, the Old Testament and Greek culture to do so. But I want to catch sight that it's work in the marketplace, not in the synagogue, that opened the door for him to speak into that space. Theologians think Paul possibly failed to make a big impact in this meeting, but he did manage to convince Dionysus and a few others of who Jesus was, and they become followers, followers of Paul, actually, which I'll come to in a second. But it's super important, I think, that Paul manages to engage people with the message of Jesus that no one else was reaching. No one else was going to meet Dionysus. He wasn't going to come to synagogue, but he had Paul, because Paul was um, leading in these three spaces, he was able to reach and uh, tell Dionysus about who Jesus was. And you might not be up on your Greek names, I wasn't either, but Dionysus means, uh, the name is uh, the Greek god of drunkenness. That's who his parents named him after. I don't know what it says about his parents very much, either they really liked partying, or maybe it's how it's conceived. But I don't know what... <laughs> but that doesn't strike me as somebody who is going to be in the synagogue anytime soon. But Paul was able to speak to him and to connect to him and actually to share the gospel of Jesus with him because he was in that invited space. He'd been invited to that invited space. And the really interesting thing is the Bible doesn't say he became a follower of Jesus. It says he became a follower of Paul. He's not met Jesus yet, Dionysus, but he's seen what's happened in Paul's life and he chooses to follow Paul's example as Paul follows Jesus. At some point, I'm sure he makes the decision to follow Jesus, but in that first meeting, that first encounter, it's Paul he chooses to follow because that's who's in front of him, that's who he can see and that's whose example he wants to step into. He chooses to follow Paul. I think this is an example of what we're called to do I think Icon Church will find ourselves invited to places 
we never considered going before in order to reach people that no one else can reach because we have to be prepared in those moments to step up, to lead them. As we imitate Jesus, they can imitate us. I believe that's something that's in our DNA as a church, in our calling, is that we will start to see opportunities come, invited spaces open up, closed doors opened, where we get to lead and to tell people who Jesus is that no one else can reach because somehow we've been able to step into that invited space. And when it happens, we are prepared to step up, to lead and to encourage people to encounter Jesus in that space. So I'm going to uh, wrap up in a second, but I just want to say this. for What stops us leading in those spaces? There are loads of things that can stop us, but I think the main one that holds us back, this idea of fear, this fear of failure, this fear of being found out, this of not knowing what to say or do, of not being perfect. And it's a really powerful emotion that holds us back and stops us stepping into everything that God's got for us. Uh, Joseph Campbell, a bit of an author hero of mine, says, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. I believe it's so true that the treasure we're seeking sometimes is in the cave that we fear to step into. The Apostle Paul is an incredible example of this. He was the perfect student, the smartest Pharisee around. His status was based on knowledge and being right. That's one of the reasons he persecuted the early church so harshly. He's fearful of being proved wrong. But he also wants people to know God. And then God calls him out. He dramatically breaks into Paul's world and tells him that he got everything wrong, but also reveals the truth that Jesus offers grace, love and acceptance to all. It's a truth far greater than what Paul had previously known. And therefore, Paul discovers his treasure in the cave that he was afraid to enter into. And I think that means he isn't afraid anymore of what people think of him. He's had God tell him he got it wrong and set him on the right path. So people hold no fear anymore for him. I think that is the source of Paul's confidence to speak into all those spaces. He knows he got it wrong. So now he's just talking about what God has revealed to him. The pressure's not on him. He knows he isn't perfect. God told him that. Uh, But I think the antidote to that fear is just to speak what God's revealed to us personally, to each and every one of us, and trust that's enough. So the truth is, it will be enough. We and our own strength can lead to some extent, but we're not intended to do that on our own, in our own strength. God has planted within each and every one of us incredible seeds, the raw materials to lead in all of these spaces. But it's the Holy Spirit that works through us that causes these to grow and blossom into life, that enables us to take hold of that raw material that God's planted in us and turn it into an incredible calling that is placed upon us. It enables us to step into the space that God is calling each and every one of us to. With the Holy Spirit strengthening and equipping us, it's time to step out into these spaces. So sign up to lead in different spaces, speak out, have that conversation, offer the invites, volunteer, maybe accept the invites, enroll, do the thing that God has placed on your heart to step up and do. Be confident that he's with you. Lead in those spaces. Don't let fear stop you. And don't think that maybe when the fear goes, I'll do it. For most people, that's not how it works. Do it afraid. Step into it with a, with a fear, but actually a confidence also that no matter what happens, God is with me in the midst of it. His strengthens me. He, he's the one who 
set this whole thing up in the first place. His power working through me, his wisdom, his knowledge can transform our world in whatever space you find yourself. So my encouragement, my advice is just step out, even if you are a little bit afraid, and take heart because God is with you. And that's been my story in life. Uh, I've stepped up into different spheres and spaces and these spaces over time. And every time, a little bit nervous, a little bit afraid, but also taking confidence that God's been with me. And to date, he has always been with me, strengthening and equipping me for everything that comes ahead. So step out and take that challenge to lead. You're designed to lead. Let's build a flagship church together where we all step up and lead in every space that we're called to. You know, the goal, the goals for Icon Church, see people find Jesus, follow Jesus, and lead like Jesus. Let's follow Paul's example and step into each space, home, market, and invited, with confidence that God is for you and has seeded incredible potential in you to reach people that no one else can reach and to reshape the world for good, all for his glory. I'm going to pray. Uh, the band, you can come back up here and um, location leaders, get ready. I'll hand over to you shortly. Father God, I want to thank you today that you are calling us to step into um, spaces that you've pre-prepared for us to step into. You've pre-prepared us with your spirit, with your um, potential you've birthed in us. And I just pray that we can step out and into those with the confidence that you are with us, that we can be people who make a difference in our home space. We can be leaders in church. We can be leaders in our marketplace, in our jobs, in our schools, in our colleges. And I pray, Father God, we can be leaders when the opportunity comes to step into that invited space, Father God, that we can step out again with confidence and boldness because you are with us and that you're for us and that we can start to see people no one else can reach following after you and making a difference in our world for good. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before we uh, close, I'm going to uh, put a prayer on the screen that we do in all of our locations, in all of our services. And it's a prayer where you can respond to maybe what the Holy Spirit is doing in your heart and your life at the moment. This is not a moment, this is not just a way of ending our service, but actually it's a moment where you can respond to what God is doing. So we call if you want to stand up in our locations, even if you're at home, all right, just stand give God a moment to work I pray that God is revealing to you today who he is his presence and if you're you've not had that encounter for a while or you've never had it before in your life that meeting with God I pray that in this moment you can respond to that I'm going to ask you to respond really simply just say the prayer that's going to be on the screen and then raise your hand, put your hand up in a second when I ask you to you and say, yeah, that was me who did that. I responded to that. And someone will come pray with you wherever you are in your locations. Or if you're watching online, then drop a message uh, and someone will reach out to you as well. So we just want to welcome you into the family and encourage you to go after everything that God has got for you. So in this moment, when the Holy Spirit's working, let's all say the words that are on the screen together. And then to, after the end, I'll ask you if you say it for the first time, and 
I'll ask you to raise your hand after three. One, two, three. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and confess that I need you. Please come into my life and forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, be my Lord and Saviour. Thank you for giving me a brand new start. Today, I open my life to you. Amen. Amen. If you're saying that, I said for the first time was a recommitment to God, I just want to give you a moment to respond. So wherever you are, just raise your hands and hold this moment for a few seconds. Just raise your hand right now. And someone will reach out to you and stand with you and pray with you today. Thank you. Hand back to the location, guys. I'm just going to pray and then uh, they can take over. But Father God, I want to thank you that you are good. Thank you, you've got good things for us. Thank you for everyone who responded today. Thank you, Father God, for your life, your power equipping us to step into everything you've got for us. And I pray that you know your love, your glory, your power in our lives this coming week. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.